Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design, a podcast that teaches you how to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm a professional interior designer, realtor, and advanced feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me an energy design expert, helping you find, create, and design the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and today I have a really kick-ass show lined up for you. As many of you know, I launched my book, Feng Shui for the Soul, How to Achieve More Ohm from Your Home, back in June, and I'm going to share a little bit of backstory with you. As I think I've mentioned it a couple of times here on the show, but originally this book was named something else, and in many ways was an entirely different book, and it was kind of going in what many would consider mm, not a great direction. I didn't go there with it. I still kept it pretty much on the surface for fear, judgment. You know, I didn't share a lot of the stories that are in the the actual book because I don't want to weird people out. Well, as my office manager told me after reading the book, she slid it across the desk back to me and said, yeah, no, it needs more cowbell. Now, that's in reference to a Saturday Night Live skit from 2000 with Will Ferrell and Jimmy Fallon. If you haven't seen it, look it up. You'll laugh your pants off. But at any rate, I chucked that book in the trash and decided to completely start over. My new title, How to Achieve More Ohm from Your Home. This was around, I don't know, 2016, into 2016. I bought the domain name, wasn't sure if I'd make it into a course, write a book, but I just, I kind of parked everything and thought, this is amazing. I know exactly what I'm going to do, but then I really didn't know what I was going to do, but I liked the sound of it. Fast forward to 2019 and the new book was really starting to gain momentum. I had just gone through a really bad breakup and things started formulating in my head ideas really started coming to me and I didn't really have a structure. I didn't know what the hell I was going to write about, but I did know that I was going to talk about the top five disruptors because that's my proprietary system. So for those that are listening to the show, you know, I was talking about it often. Feng shui for the soul, feng shui for the soul. I'm, I'm in the process. I'm writing it. It's coming soon. It's going to come out soon. Well, fast forward to this past June, hot damn hallelujah. Amen. It's finally out. So I'm going around talking to all my friends and, you know, trying to, to stir up some, some fun stuff, collaborations, things like that. And I'm talking to my girlfriend, Linda, and I'm asking her, hey, is there any way that we can collaborate? I w- would love to, you know, find a new way, some fun ways to talk about the book. And she says, you know, you really need to talk to Carrie Leskowitz. And I was like, oh, great. Can I be on her show? And she goes, no, 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 no. You need to meet her. I just had her on my show and she wrote a book called Ohm for the Home. What? I thought to myself, shut the front door. You're freaking kidding me. That's what I was going to call my book. But in 2019, as many of you know, I had this profound meditation that said, nope, supposed to be feng shui for the soul. So I changed my title of my book, and then made Ohm for the Home, How to Achieve More Ohm from Your Home, the subtitle, 
oh my God, the synchronicities and alignment of it all, this just blows my mind. And I knew that I had to not only meet Carrie, but I had to get her ass on the show. So today we're going to talk about our backgrounds, why the ohm in your home is so important, and why these books literally aligned in perfect timing for a better world. Hot damn! It's amazing to think about the synchronicities that she and I were writing a very similar book at the exact same moment in time. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in her book about how information and knowledge is literally in the ethers of the universal intelligence. And if you're ready, willing, and able, you'll tap into it, pull it down, and put it to use. And here Carrie and I did just that. This is going to be an amazing show. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm so excited. This is going to be such a kick-ass show today. Um, I've got... Now, I want to make sure that I pronounce this correctly. Carrie Leskowitz. Did I say it right? Yay! Um, So, funny story. We both have books out, and they both have very, very similar titles. And so, I wanted... We were actually just talking about this, but I had a book that I started to write in 2015 and I called it detoxing clutter with feng shui. My feng shui mentor said it was pure shit. So I threw the whole manuscript out and I started over and I decided I was going to call it how to achieve more own from your home. But life got in the way, went through divorce, all this blah, blah. And so I picked it back up in 2019 and I still decided I was going to call it more own from the home. And then I got this astounding uh, ethereal message from spirit that it needed to be called feng shui for the soul. And I didn't want to call it that because there's already a book out there with that name. And I thought, well, I don't want to be stepping on anybody's toes. And so I was going to go back to how to achieve more own from your home. And lo and behold, spirit was like, no, it needs to be feng shui for the soul. So anyways, fast forward to this year, the book finally launches and a friend of mine says, you need to connect with Carrie because she just wrote a book, Home for the Home. And I'm like, hold the phone, shut the front door. (laughs) So what I love about this is that Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in her book, Big Magic. She talks about how there is information in the ethers, in the sky, and um it literally comes down and that's how you get scientists that are in, you know, Geneva and the same scientists like in France and they're both working on the same things, but they don't know about it. And that's essentially you and I were writing in 2019, you know, yours is a little bit different, but essentially about the same thing. And it's like you and I plugged into the ethers at exactly the same moment and we're writing about the same thing and we didn't know each other. I know. Where were you when I was in front of my computer crying with writer's block, you know, (laughs) thinking you're the only person in the world going through this? Right. (laughs) So let's back up a little bit. You're an interior designer. How did you become a designer? How did you get into this world? So long story short, I was in fashion. I was doing fashion show production and styling. And around the time, I'm going to say late 80s, God, I'm aging myself, um, late 80s, 
a lot of the business, I'm in Philadelphia and a lot of my styling work was moving to New York um, and I had two young boys and that wasn't meant for me. So my mom had been doing interior design and I thought, well, it's very similar and I'm, you know, e I could be equally as creative. Mm -hmm. So I went into interior design and I worked with my mom for a while and then she had had enough. So I took the business to the next level. So I had been doing interior design for like 20 some odd years. Um, I ended up becoming a life coach because I was feeling stuck in an area of my life. So when I became, you know, as an interior designer, you're working in people's homes and you become fairly intimate with them. Yeah. And I always saw sort of like how their homes mirrored something that was going on in their life, but I didn't really have a language for it. Mm. After I became a life coach, I did have a language for it. And I felt certainly qualified enough to say, hey, I see something here. Like the clutter in your home is sort of mirroring this toxic relationship you have or, you know, you're so cluttered in your mind and it's mirroring, you know, what's going on in your dining room, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so I started coaching and doing interior design. All the while, I didn't feel well. I didn't feel well. And that's really what led me to the book, because I got to the point where I was diagnosed with everything from Lyme disease to psoriatic arthritis. Wow. And it got very dark. And then my father passed away mm -hmm. and I just couldn't leave the house for a while. But I'm somebody who needs to be creative and I need, you know, purpose and fulfillment. And that really sent me into this deep depression. So I said, all right, I can't do interior design right now. I couldn't deal with the stress. I couldn't do the running. So I said, what can I do? And that's when the idea of the book came about because I certainly was learning about the interconnection between everything, the gut-brain access, the thoughts in our head, the limiting beliefs that stop us in our tracks, and about and, what time is this? Is this like 2017, 2018? Uh, yeah, it was like, tw like I'm going to say the beginning of 2018. Yeah. See, I find this fascinating because this is when things were starting to churn for me. And like it was starting to formulate, but, you know, I, I wasn't there. It was just still an idea. Yeah, it was 2017. Because it took me about two and a half years to write the book. And then I was really editing it like in the middle of the pandemic. But it's funny because we were talking about our titles. I don't know how Own for the Home came to me. It was something I had been sitting with for years. I was on a blog tour. Have you ever been on one of the Modena's yeah. blog tours? Yeah. I was on a blog tour in California and I was talking about this title certainly not knowing it was going to be a book I was thinking maybe I would do some kind of course and I did a writer's retreat at Jack Canfield's oh cool and it was an amazing weekend and we were talking about titles and I mentioned it and he's like I don't like it <laughs> and I was like really 
And we were kind of like spitballing some other things. But then he said, people didn't like um, chicken soup for the soul. He said, but it gave me goosebumps. So I kept it. Good for him. And I said to him, you know what, Jack? Home for the home gives me goosebumps. He said, then it doesn't matter what I think. So I was doubting it for a while. And I was like, nope, that's it. So I cover a lot of different things in the book, but the subtitle really kind of describes it. Um, it's a holistic approach to connecting your mind, body, and spirit with your living space because your living space is another pillar of health mm -hmm. and you need all of those things interconnected. As I certainly found out firsthand trying to heal myself physically mm -hmm. Um and that really led to the book and the title and the theme and now the the joy of having birthed it and talking about it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what's so beautiful when I, I found out that you had written this book. I mean, this has been my pilgrimage for over 20 years about the intrinsic relationship that our environment plays and how we show up in the world. And it's like, I feel like for over a decade, it fell on deaf ears. And then there started to become this shift right around 2015 when people started kind of going, oh, I think you're on to something. And I'm I'm seeing people starting to, to wake up to this more holistic approach. And I think the pandemic really accelerated that because people were at home so much and realizing, right. you know, yeah how important their environment was but yeah I went back and I looked because uh, I bought it from I bought the domain from GoDaddy and I bought it back in 2016 so I found and when it I get on to buy it I was like oh somebody has it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and well what's funny is is that I too was not when I bought it I wasn't thinking book I was thinking course and so I bought the domain and I'm like, I'm just going to buy this and park it here because I've learned like when I get these little ahas, a lot of times I get them in meditation. I'm like, don't know what to do with that, but I'm going to go ahead and park it. So I bought it thinking that it would be a course. And then when I got rid of detoxing the book and threw that manuscript away, I was like, ah, now I know what I'm going to do with that domain. That's going to become the new title. So to me, it was all about like divine timing and all the chips were falling into place. And I was like, oh, that's why I got that idea. But I found it so incredibly funny that you and I are writing essentially the same idea in 2019 and spirit comes in and says, no, 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 that's not going to be your title. Right. And I love that because it's like, we're both tapping into the ethers and the, the, the universal intelligence Meanwhile, spirit is playing a chess game and they're like, okay, this piece is going to go here and this one's going to go here and they're maneuvering things around. And when Linda told me about your book, I looked it up and I'm like, holy shit, it's the same thing. <laughs> how did I not know? Like, how, how does something exist? And, and it, like the timing of it all just blows my mind. It's funny as you talk, first of all, I love what you were saying about um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. I don't know if you said it while we were talking or beforehand, um, 
but yeah, you get these messages and sometimes they stick and, you know, you hear it and you connect with it and sometimes they float right by you. But so then someone it's else very, picks it up. Yes. And like you picked up one thing and like I picked up another. Um, what was I going to say? I started to say something else. Uh, I forget. I just I think was, it's, it's fascinating that here we are, we're two people that, um, what were you going to say? I, I remember <laughs> that happens to me a lot um, that you were sort of um, really listening to spirit. And I sort of is, I'm more in resistance about things. That's something that I've really had to work on is like letting go and, you know, kind of going with the flow and, and writing this book has been such an incredible journey and experience and I was told, don't use this title. And there is another title. But as you know, in talking to copyright attorneys and trademark attorneys, you you can't really copyright a book title. Words. You can't copyright words. Right. So I was like, I'm going with it. Like, I feel very strongly about this. And I wanted to trademark a few things that I couldn't do. But I sort of came through this process more kicking and screaming while you came through it more like calm and you know in well, flow about it i i think that i had always known at some point i would write a book because i wanted to have some sense of legacy of my approach to feng shui my approach mm -hmm. to life and and um I'm a Scorpio and I've got all of these planets in Scorpio. And so, you know, one of the things that I talk about on my podcast all the time is that like a lot of people feel things at a level five and I feel things at 105. Like I have this level of intuition where um, I just know shit and I don't know why or stuff comes to me and I don't know where it came from. And so I feel things on a, on a very um, intense level. And I've been told my whole life, God, you're so intense, like dial it down, which now that I'm older, I'm like, screw you. You know, I'm not dialing nothing down. But I think that I had always known that I would do something. I don't know if I necessarily thought that it would be a book. I think when I was younger, a book was very intimidating. Like, oh, I'm not an author. I'm not a writer. Like, that's not something I would do. But then as I got older and started writing a blog. And then I wrote a environmental book back in 2018. I was like, okay, maybe I am an author. Maybe I can do this. And to me, it was like, okay, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, <laughs> this is like my legacy, what I leave behind. And this is what I'm going to leave for humanity so that hopefully someone picks up this book and we can start fixing things and moving things in, in what I consider the right direction. And mm -hmm. what I love about your book is it's very much about the same thing. My approach is heavily in energetics and feng shui and this very mystical side of life on a very deep level. And yes, I was very much in flow. A lot of the book I channeled, but here you are you're not doing these things. And yet the information is still flowing through you, which is insight, which is divine guidance, which is that inner knowing, but they're on two different wavelengths of, of how we came about, but we ended up landing on the same spot, which is right. fascinating it's to me. Fascinating.
Like, because how do you- I, yeah, well, I was, you know, in reference to what you were saying, I'm a Leo and I also feel things very deeply. I wouldn't say I was very intuitive, but I am extremely sensitive But everything I do, I kind of come from this very naive place, honestly. I said, I think I'll be a life coach. I think I'll write a book. I never had, I never thought long and hard about it. I never thought, oh, I can't do that. I just thought, why not? And dove right in. And that's how I approach things. I'll learn as I go. Um, With the book, I did think I had sort of an interesting niche while I certainly understand the importance of feng shui and talk about it, but just like on a 101 level. Um, you know, I was super interested in the, um, the, um, the uh, mental kind of um, aerobics that we do. Um, all the mental health stuff and how we get caught in our head and how, um, those thoughts live in our in our home. And when I say home for the home, I always say like little M, big O, big M, little E, as in our home being our person, you yeah. know, our most sacred vessel and our environment. So what's good for one is good for the other. So all those thoughts in our head and how they sort of live in our home and how one influences the other. So the um, mental awareness piece, uh, mental health became something that I became really fascinated with. Which explains the timing, especially where you were mentally with, you know, health issues, losing your father. Um, and Leos are very creative. It's it's a fire sign. It's extremely creative. And, and um I would say that a lot of Leos operate in that manner where it's like, I'm going to build the plane while I'm flying it. I'll figure it out later. Right. (laughs) Whereas I'm like, I didn't have any structure. I had no idea what I was going to write. I knew I was going to talk about my, my system, which is the top five disruptors, but I literally had no idea what this book looked like or what the hell I was doing. But I literally was just writing as I was going and it was just kind of unfolding. And I have to laugh because I see things like writer's retreats and I I see these structures where, you know, do the bubble graph and like, what's your core message and like, what's each chapter about and like organizing and structuring. I didn't do any of that. I literally, I just like, I would go into meditation and like, what's this chapter going to be about? And like, it, it just kind of, but I also wrote it over the course of three years. So like I was just kind of putting things on a page and then I would go back and I just started moving things around and kind of organizing and editing and and kind of putting it together. And then voila, a book appeared. (laughs) That's incredible because I was always like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just writing and writing, but I don't really know how to structure it exactly. And I, I just... I hired a company that helped me with structure and editing, but then I had very strong ideas about what I wanted things to look like, the cover, the interior illustrations. And I did a lot of that myself Mm -hmm. as you know, when you have an idea about the way you want something to look, you pretty much 
get to the point where you realize that nobody's going to do it as well as you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got the, the, my cover came to me in a meditation and it was very deep and ethereal and it's got the, the strong purples and the pinks and um, like this is what really came to me in, in my vision. And I was like, Oh, holy hell. Like, you know, how do I get what's in here and convey that to a graphic designer? Like, so I just researched and researched and researched. And I literally, I just said, all right, gang, like y'all got to help me out here. Like you need to help me find this graphic to make this happen. And like a week later I found it and I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) But same thing. Like I just, I kind of flowed with it. And like, I would go through periods where I would kick ass and take names for like six weeks and I would just write and then I wouldn't pick up and I wouldn't do it for three or four months. I wouldn't even touch it. Me too. There were, there were months that I just couldn't even sit down at that computer. Yeah. And I laugh because I used to tell friends it's true when they show writers on TV and like they'll have writer's block in the next frame. They're like scrubbing the grout on their bathroom floor. You know, I went outside in the garden a lot. I just, I, I tried to sort of go with the flow. And if I felt inspired, I'd sit down. Yeah. And there were just weeks where I was like, I can't even look at this right now. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is a lot of people I know were writing and, and doing projects during the pandemic because they were home. And I wasn't inspired to do shit during the pandemic. Like all I did was work. And like, I was just trying to like, I was really overwhelmed because I feel so much. I was really overwhelmed with what was going on in the world. And I was picking up on everyone else's emotions and everything that was going on. So I was, you know, if I wasn't working, I was spending a lot of time at home and in nature. And so I was not inspired at all because I was just trying to make sense of how I felt. But yeah, I I feel like when I would get, I would literally get a flash. I would be out in nature or something and I would just be like, la, 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 bam. And something would hit me. I'm like, holy shit, I got to get home. I got an idea. (laughs) You know, and I would be like rushing home and then I would just like pour out, you know, like most of my chapters are 30 pages and I would just sit down and write 30 pages. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know if this makes any sense. And then I would go back and I'd be like, oh my God, this is brilliant, you know? (laughs) it's funny the days where you said oh my god this is brilliant how did I come up with this yeah and then the days where you're like what are you thinking this sucks yeah pure shit um (laughs) there's a funny thing um it's about creativity in general and it's like this you know crazy mountain and it's like this is the most brilliant thing ever nobody's gonna read this I absolutely love this this is pure shit and like it it's the line between a and b and and how you get there and i i definitely i definitely had those moments where i was like nobody's gonna freaking read this like nobody's gonna care about how intrinsic our homes are and like what you were talking about i talk about in my book about residual energy the emotions that you carry whether it's grief or hate or love or joy or whatever it is you're literally leaving deposits in your home and you can immediately pick back up on them if you step in that residual energy if you're not really caring for your space and for you you have to have this uh, enormous amount of self-care to keep your environment healthy 
And so like, I would have these moments where I would just have complete breakdowns where I'd be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever decided to do. And then I would have moments where I would almost, it's gotta be like a stream of consciousness where I was just tapped in, tuned in and turned on to something otherworldly. And like my chapter on, I talk about uh commanding position in my book and how a lot of feng shui books really focus on the bed, desk and stove and, and the real physical, tangible world. Uh-huh. And I, I talk about this experience um, over a decade ago with Jane, the real estate agent and how I had manifested her, but she was the one that gave me the epiphany of you can't have command in your, in your positions at home. If you yourself are not taken care of, like if you are not yourself empowered, you're not giving yourself the self-care you're trying to, you know, get something at this level and, you know, manifest something at this level and you're vibrating way down here. So I write this chapter and like, I'm just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever written. And I walk away and I don't touch it for like two months. And I come back and I'm just like, this is the most brilliant writing I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Like, you know, it's sort of, um, I and I do talk about that too, differently. Um, I mean, essentially it's the same. I guess we, we use different words. You know, you have to be in your self-worth, mm-hmm. you know, and when you feel worthy, everything around you sort of vibrates higher. Yep. And, you know, if you're going to decorate for your authentic self, who is that? Who are you authentically and what fulfills you and brings you purpose? Um, And I give some case studies about people that I've worked with. And it's always fascinating to me to see how one behaves and then how it sort of manifests in their home. But I was writing the book. I was really editing the book. And then I was ready to bring it you know, out for publication. And I had awful imposter syndrome. Oh, dear. I was so scared, scared of, I don't know, fear of the unknown, fear of judgment, fear of its crap, fear of its brilliant, who knows, just, you know, fear. It was that limiting belief that kept coming up. But it's very much like being naked in a theater with an audience. Writing a book is you're taking your knowledge and you're putting it in, in book form to share with the world. And you're exposing parts of yourself that your friends may not know about. And you're exposing yourself in a way that's very raw. And it can be quite scary because you don't know how people are going to respond. Like you said, it could be brilliant. It could be pure shit. Like we don't know. So it takes a lot of courage to put words on paper put them in this thing called a book and then put it out into the world. Right? It takes so much courage and I have so much admiration. I mean, before I wrote the book, but even, you know, certainly after now that I know what it takes to bring a book to market, so much admiration for the courage and the vulnerability of people to do this. Yeah. And what has been the most fascinating thing, I think, one thing we learn, and I think we can do this is because we've learned to walk through the fear, you know, don't ever let fear stop you from doing something. People really gravitate 
towards those that are willing to be vulnerable and be authentic and show, you know, the not so polished parts. Yeah, be self-deprecating. Yeah. And and that's been so rewarding that as I've done like a my book tour and, you know, podcasts and events, which I'm, you know, still always trying to cultivate. Um, people always thank me for that, which has been so interesting to me. Yeah. Well, I think that when I meet other authors, I feel like we're kind of in our own little like category. Like you've been through the fire, you understand what this takes and what it takes out of you. And, you know, that roller coaster that you're on through the process of taking it from idea to getting it on paper to then getting it out into the world. I mean, there's so many different levels to getting a book out, but, um, I think because a lot of people do actually write books, a lot of, I would say the common layperson, they don't really realize what goes into it and how hard it really is to like, take your thoughts and put them in an organized fashion that makes sense and doesn't sound like pure freaking nonsense, right? <laughs> and, and then doing- you don't repeat yourself over and over and yeah, your punctuation's correct. It's a lot. <laughs> It's repeating yourself is is a big thing. And, and like, um, coming up with chapters where you're driving home the same message, but saying it in a new and different way, or, you know, it it is, it's very, very challenging. And, um, you put your heart and soul into it, blood, sweat, and tears and all of that emotion into it. And then it's like launch day and you're like, Oh dear God. Like what's going to happen now, (laughs) you know? And I uh, have to say I self-published. Are you, did you? Yeah, I did too, because I had two publishers that were interested in it and they wanted to change way too much. And I was like, nope, I'm out. You give up control. I also self-published having no idea what that looked like and that you had to create a publishing company. But if somebody asked me, what was the proudest moment in your life? I would say, you know, except for my two sons, my book was published on my 60th birthday. Yay! And that was just a feeling I cannot even describe. Girlfriend, you look amazing for 60. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank like, you. It's worth so, your own for your home you know, is working. Hey, hey, I live by these words, you yeah. know, the meditation, the, you know, the letting go of things that keep you struggling. It shows in your face and your body and what we eat. You know, I, when I was going through my health issues, I had to change a lot of what I was eating. And, you know, so that was the same as how I was caring for myself in my home. It's all connected. If you're not taking care of yourself physically, you're not taking care of yourself mentally and it just goes round and round and round. So that was really the overarching theme, the inner connection. And that comes from, as I said earlier, self-worth, you know? It's that, and I I feel like um, there's something, like I, I know that when I turned 40, it was like something clicked in me where I just had this F you attitude. I don't care. Like you do you, I'm going to do me. I don't care. And like, 
I don't know that I could have really been able to write this book. Well, one, I wouldn't have had the experience 20 years ago, but I don't think that I would have had um, the courage to put myself out there in such a raw manner. And I really go balls to the walls in my book where I'm talking about very mystical, ethereal things. I, you know, and, and that was one of the complaints when I wrote Detox and Clutter, my dear friend and office manager, Deborah, she read the book and very funny story. So she, she reads the book and she comes back with the manuscript and she pushes it across the table. And I said, what did you think? And she goes, needs more cowbell. It needs more what? Needs more cowbell. It's a Saturday Night Live skit from like 2000 with Will Ferrell and um, Jimmy Fallon and uh, oh uh, Christopher Walken. It's hysterical. When we get off, Google it. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see in your life. I will. Um, they it's a it's a skit where they're playing Blue Oyster Cult. Don't fear the uh -huh. Reaper. And it already uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, Will Ferrell has like a crop top on and he's banging this bell and Christopher Walken keeps coming in going, needs more cowbell, like needs more cowbell. So anyway, she pushes the manuscript back and she's like, yeah, no, needs more cowbell. And I was so thankful that, and here she is, she's in her sixties. She tells me this, doesn't give a shit what I think. She's just like, I've been working with you a long time. I know about the stories. I know what goes on in this practice. I've seen it. I've experienced it. That's what needs to go in this book. And I remember thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I can't tell those stories. That's going to freak people out. That's going to scare people. And she's like, exactly. That's why it needs to go in the book. percent. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's your magic. That's your so gift. That, like, I'm so thankful for that moment. And that's what happened in 2016 as she was just like, nope. And and my mentor, my, my feng shui teacher, she was like, this is terrible. And I was like, okay, like we're starting over. <laughs> and a lot of it was, I wasn't being truly authentic. I wasn't really going there. I was holding back for fear that I was going to be disruptive to people's lives with my weird woo woo stories and the things that had happened. But Deborah had seen them, she'd experienced them. So she knew what was really happening. And so because of her, I started over and now I've got these stories in the book. And now people are coming to me and they're like, Oh my God, like that story changed my life. And I'm like, Oh, thank God I put it in the book, but I there's something that happened, you know, like, I feel like the older generation of women, you know, our, our generation growing up, we still had a lot of conditioning about, you know, don't speak up and, and don't say, you know, be kind, be caring, be nurturing. And like, there's this conditioning around um, how we were raised. And so I think that that switched off in me when I turned 40. And I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm going to curse. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to say my truth. And I can see it with millennials. They're so much stronger in their voice and they're so much more empowered than we were at that same age, which I think is, is really great. But I think that there's something really beautiful about being able to sit in your truth and just put it out on paper and just say, I don't care if one person reads this, like 
I did me. Like I admire the fact that you were 40 and said that because it took me much longer. And while I decided, oh, you'll find this interesting. And let me tell you this story. So I had so much fear around writing this book as we talked about, but I was at a time in my life where I just didn't even know what else to do because, you know, physically I couldn't do what I had been doing. And my dad had passed away and I was talking to um, like book editors because I needed help. Look, I certainly know what I don't know. And I needed help with this. So I had talked to a couple of um, like book editors and I was about to make a decision. And I, I talked to about three and I wrote an email to the one that I thought I was ready to commit to. And um, I was, I wrote her an email and I said, I am so scared to press send because that means I've now committed to writing this book before it was still an abstract thought and I could back out. But once I hit send, I was committed. So I was just so nervous to hit send, even though I, in my mind, loosely was committing to this one woman. I said, you know, I have to go and shower and blow dry my hair for an event. Let me just put a pause on the email for a second. I'm going to go do that and let me sit with it. And then if I'm still like 100%, I'll hit send after the fact. But I looked up at the sky and I said, Dad, give me a sign, like a really clear sign. And I went and took a shower and I have difficult hair. So, you know, I blew dry my hair. It was like an hour and a half later. I get back to my email and in my inbox is an email from that woman who I was about to email, who said to me, hey, I've been thinking about you. Um, Have you made a decision yet? I love the idea of your book and I'd love to work with you. And I started shaking. And that was that. And I really feel like my dad kind of guided me. But after his death, you know, like everything just, you know, was disrupted. Yeah. And I really had to go back. So I was already, you know, 58, 57, 58. And I really had to go back and kind of reassess a lot of my life. And that's when I sort of had the attitude that you found at 40. So good for you. (laughs) You won't won't have a lot of wasted years. It's, it's not about that though. It's about divine timing and on time is when you get there, you know, it's, it's an evolution. Everything happens when it's supposed to happen, I guess. 1000%. And I think that, um, what I have come to realize is that the information and whatever it is that we're working on unfolds when we're ready for it, when we're evolved enough to understand it and really receive it, you know? And so, I think the other thing is, is it's not just about us, but it's also the timing of the world. Mm -hmm. And if I had written this book in 2016, our world was very different back then. And I don't think it would have been received now, having gone through the pandemic and the chaos of our world and the chaos of our, our government and everything that's going on. I think that people are coming to this information now 
and they're craving it. This is something that they're really yearning for and they're looking for alternative ways that are different from what we had five years ago. Hell, two years ago. I agree a hundred percent. Everything's different. And while they heard the term like wellness in design or wellness in the home or, you know, whatever feng shui, I mean, whatever words they heard it, you know, maybe they had a little bit of an understanding, but now they're craving it. Now they know they need it. Whereas before they, it was, they were distracted. There was yeah. a lot of external distractions. And I think the pandemic allowed us pause so that our world could, you know, it was like Charlie Brown pig pen with all this stuff, you know, kind of flying around us. Right. And then we had this pause where everybody had a moment where the tornado wasn't whipping around and they were like, oh my God, look at the woes of our ways. Look where we've been making mistakes. Now we have a, a, an opportunity here to fix this. How do we do that? And so now you've got these books that are coming out, giving people tools and language. Like you said, a lot of people have not had the language. They'll say, oh, it, it, I don't know. It's not right. I don't know why, but it's not right. And they're off. Something's off. Yeah. They're, they're picking up on something, but they don't have the language and they don't know how. So we have birthed something that gives them the tools that they need that provide them the language and the how to make it happen. And if they're open, ready, and willing, they're going to find this. They're going to attract these tools into their life. And I don't think that even two years ago, people were quite ready. Now we're at a point where we're so freaking jaded and we're worn out. And I think people are just like, okay, the old ways don't work. Like they're actively seeking out tools that are going to work for them in a new way, which isn't new, but it's being presented in a new way. Right. It's new to them. I think also we feel so out of control. You know, there's so much going on in our world that we cannot control. This is one small thing that we can control, you know? So knowing that and taking these tips and tools helps us to feel like we have a little more control in our world. And how we can bring a little bit of calm and a little bit of sanity into our homes and into our personal relationships. Yeah, I feel like there's been a quickening, an acceleration of um, life. Like, I don't remember things feeling at this speed in the early 2000s, late 90s. And it feels like, you know, after the 08 crash, there was like a leveling of energy and then all of a sudden there was this, this pace where it was starting to build up speed and it just seems to be going faster and faster and faster. And I don't think that our parasympathetic nervous systems, nervous system in general, I don't think we can handle it and we don't know how to cope with it. So we're looking to a lot of external things because those used to work. That's how we used to cope with this, you know, frenetic energy. And now I think people are like, okay, those old ways that's not working for me. What else is there? And so they're coming to this with a fresh pair of eyes and a new kind of mindset, which I think is beautiful because now people are going to start seeing their world through a different lens. It's not going to be approached through the ego, but instead it's going to be approached through the heart. And so, you know, I think that it, it's so important that you have 
spiritual space at home where you can feel that reprieve because when you do go through grief, when you go through some kind of a trauma, whether it's divorce, grief, loss of a child, you know, something major, hell, uh, kids not being able to go to school and their teachers, like there's all these things that are hitting people right now that are just so traumatic. And it's like one thing after another, after another, how do we bring our systems down to rest? And that's that control you're talking about. Yeah. How do we bring it back to where we can come back to center? Yeah. One of the things, I mean, you know, we all know that we should get, you know, good sleep and, you know, eat a well-balanced diet and meditate. And that's, you know, good for our central nervous system. Our anxiety is, you know, off the charts. I really was working on simultaneously changing the thoughts in my head that were creating some of this unnecessary suffering, um, getting off social media, you know, a little bit. You're right. The pace is too fast. Things are moving too quickly. The information is often not healthy. Yeah. And we have to constantly monitor what is this doing for me, to me, and and judging it based on, is it good for me? Does this help me or hurt me? Yeah, social media, especially. I The pandemic hit and I was... I was so caught up in the frenetic pace of I've got to get a blog post out. I've got to get a YouTube video up. I've got to get a podcast out. Um, and then I got to get a YouTube, like it was the cycle of yeah. rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And then I've got to get on Instagram and post about it. And then I've got to get on Facebook and post about it. And then I've got to get on Twitter and post about it. I was spending 40 hours a week just producing content. Mm -hmm. And it, it was this pace. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, F it. I ain't doing nothing. I'm so sick and tired of just the busy work. And so I occasionally get on Instagram, very rarely. I occasionally get on Facebook, very rarely. And it amazed me how much time <laughs> I started Every having. time you had. <laughs> and that's what allowed me to, to really get in and dive into the book and finish it because I didn't have all this external bullshit that was really consuming my time for shit that does not matter. Like, right. I don't care what you had for dinner. I, you know, like that, that to me is not real true community and connection, but I just couldn't believe how much time I was in structuring my business, you know, marketing. That's what I was told it was that was producing zero results, like no return on investment whatsoever, but it was really jeopardizing my health my sanity, my anxiety, my overwhelm. Because we were being fed this. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And it keeps you on that hamster wheel. I had written yeah. a design blog for like 10 years. And I started posting like three times, you know, like every five days a week and then three days a week. And then I don't know, sometime in the beginning of writing a book, I said, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. And I just, I kept saying, what's the goal? What's the end result? What am I looking for? You know, is this going to give me the result I want? And oftentimes the answer was no. So yeah. I stopped doing it and I do it with clients now. You know, is this the kind of job I want to take that's going to fulfill mm. me? Are these the kind of people that you know, are going to value what I bring to the table. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I just maybe came to it 
when the time was right, but I am much more able to say, is this going to meet my goal? Is this going to make me feel good? And yeah. if it's not a hell yes, I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. I was the same way. I used to write a blog pretty much every other day. And like the bandwidth that that requires to write, you know, a thousand words every other day. And I did it for 10 years and yeah. like just the content that I, and then, you know, then I add in the YouTube videos and I add in the podcast and it, 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 it becomes so much. And, and it, it fascinates me that we weren't asking the bigger questions of why am I doing this? What am I benefiting? You know? I mean, I believe I started the blog because I was feeling um, very isolated in my home office in Philadelphia, and I really wanted to create a bigger community. So I will say that the blog gave me that. I met so many amazing people. I, you know, became ingrained in the design community in New York. I met so many interesting people. I did a lot of interesting things. I traveled. So I really was thankful that I created the blog because that did sort of meet the goal. Mm -hmm. But then goals change, you know? And that's and, okay. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, okay, I don't need now what I needed then. Or, yeah. you know, I created this community. Amazing. I have good friends you know, that I met when I started the blog that I still call friends today. But now I have a different goal. So now I'm going to shift gears. And you can't do it all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Well, and I realized by stopping all the nonsense of producing all the content for, I mean, I don't know what the hell I thought I was going to really gain from it. I, I think I thought I was really promoting my business and, and my, my expertise, which I don't think anybody ever really looks at it as expertise. They just look at it as, oh, I'm a DIY or I'm going to take that and do it myself. Um, but I think what was really beautiful about eliminating a lot of that mental clutter was that it gave me the space to really cultivate what I wanted to write in a book. And it gave me the, the mental capacity to really go deep in my book and get to a place of information and knowledge that I think people really need right now. And then really transform that into wisdom. So I wouldn't have been able to massage that and flesh that out and, and really marinate in all of that. If I was simultaneously doing all that external stuff that did not matter. Yeah, I couldn't fathom doing all of that extraneous stuff because when you are writing a book, I mean, you are 100% in that mindset. Yeah. And 1, to take you out of it would have not been fair to the book and to the yeah. wisdom that you would be bringing to the book. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, as we're wrapping up here, um, what is your greatest hope for your book? Home for the home, that when people read it, what do you hope that they really walk away with? What are you hoping that they, they glean from your wisdom and your experience to help catapult them into their new direction? You know, I really hope that somebody has an aha moment, um, understanding that our home is another pillar of health. Mm -hmm. And that oftentimes if there's 
a heaviness in an area in your home, if there's a stuckness, if there's a trigger, that that is a message. I say there's messages in the mess. That's a message to go deeper and investigate what is the root cause of whatever that trigger might be. And I give examples in the book, case studies of people I've worked with to help make some of these vague ideas more concrete. Um, because there is always sort of that mirroring, you know, and something that's going on in our life does seem to manifest in our home. And you can talk about it all day, but until you give somebody like a concrete um, example, then they're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. So I just hope that somebody sort of sees that and says, oh my God, this is what that meant. Or, oh, I understand this now in a way that I didn't before. And yes, now I can work on that. I can build my home around my mental well-being or my physical well-being. And I think that's great because, again, with our generation and older generations, millennials and Gen Z fascinate me because they're so mental health awareness around them is mind blowing. And like, I was just talking to a kid a couple of weeks ago and he was saying that like, everybody's in therapy now. And I'm like, Oh my God. And you talk about this. Like if you were in therapy back when I was in school, like there was something wrong with you. Like we didn't talk about those things. And I, I think that there's such a beauty around how we have, um, emerged into lots of, of, um, shame and judgment from our generation and how the younger generations are birthing something quite different and quite new um, that is so great because now it's okay to bring awareness to your mental health and to not sacrifice it for the boss or the job or the to-do list or whatever it is. And we're giving people permission to do that, which I think is awesome. I do too. Whenever you shine a light on something, you know, you can fix it, you can alter it, you can adapt it and you shine brighter. I mean, I wish that we could have done that. I grew up with a mother who, you know, is chronically depressed and it leaves scars. And, um, you know, I think when we can address them as they happen, you are ultimately um, much more equipped yeah. Again, going back to the language, you have the tools, you know how the hell to to manage this and do it. And, you know, our generation, it was like, you just shove it down and shut up. Yep. <laughs> keep it, keep it secret. It's in the dark, lock it away. Don't talk about it. Yeah. 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 So what's next, Carrie? What What's on your, your, you know, it's funny. I've been asked that like after the book, what's next? What's I'm like, I don't, I just want to be, <laughs> That's a great answer. That's a healthy answer. Um, I just want to be for a little while. I don't know what's next yet. I've just really enjoyed talking about the book. Um, I definitely am stepping into the wellness arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I feel myself pivoting, but I'm not sure what that looks like yet. And that's okay. That's yeah. great. So if people are interested in, in learning more about you or the book, where do they go? What do they do? They go to Carrie Leskowitz Interiors with an S dot com. And through my website, you can get to my 
Facebook, my Instagram. There's a page about the book, um, coaching. It's all there. Awesome. And I'll, I will also include um, a link in the show notes for Carrie's website so that you've got a, a quick link for that. And I will also um, include a link to her book so that y'all have that. Um, Carrie, thank you so much for saying thank yes to this. So much, Amanda. This is amazing. I, I just, I can't get over the fact that um, the, the beauty of you and I writing about a very similar topic with the exact title <laughs> and we didn't even know we were doing it. Like, that is amazing. And that you were the one that took my domain. That was me. I did it. <laughs> Homeforthehome.com. That's me. <laughs> um, but what a beautiful thing. You know, I, I think that there's such a beautiful um, resonance in that as well. And reverence, because I think that the old paradigm would have been like, oh, that, you know, sorry for good for nothing person you know she wrote something that's mine and it you know that's that was my idea and it's like no i think it's it's absolutely amazing in this mystical crazy universal world that you know you and i were tapped into something um so spectacular and fantastical that we didn't even know about it and we were literally writing um through our truth and our wisdom um about a place called home and how it can really benefit our health and well-being and, and how more people need to get on board with that. And we wrote it in our own ways. And I just, I love it. We certainly wouldn't be walking the talk if we weren't generous, generous of spirit and, you know, seeing the divine, you know, mystical meaning of all of this. Yeah. I just, I, when Linda told me about you, I hit the floor. I was like, I need to meet this woman. I need to have her on the show. I need to know everything about her. <laughs> Cause she sounds like my kind of person. <laughs> so thank you so much for saying yes to this and sharing your time with thank us. Thank you, today. Amanda. Thanks everyone for joining me on the show today. I hope that you are inspired by mystical, otherworldly, universal truths that are, I feel like synchronicities are just popping up everywhere because the veil is thinning. And if you're open to it, if you're curious to it, magical, mystical things like this will continue to happen all around you. If you'd like more information about Carrie, I have put her link in the show notes. So be sure to head on over to her website and check out her book, Own for the Home. Um, I just think it's fascinating that we were both writing at the same time about the same exact thing. So clearly it's something that is very important information to get out there. If you'd like more information about me, head on over to gatesinteriordesign.com and get a floor plan reading, check out, you know, blogs, all kinds of great stuff over there. You can also do an online booking um, anywhere in the world, anywhere that you are. So, and you can also check out my book on Amazon. And I think I've got a link in the show notes for that as well. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies. <laughs>